Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi, everyone. This is Colin Hung here at Healthcare IT Today. And I'm fortunate enough to sit down today with Lisa Crockett, Executive Director of Strategy and Planning at Providence St. Joseph's Health. Lisa, thank you for joining me today. Not a problem. Great to be here, Colin. Appreciate it. Now, Lisa, you and I, we bumped into each other virtually at the recent ShushMed Bites event, uh, where we sat down at a virtual table and we got to talking about COVID and everything that was going on. What was particularly interesting to me was, given the size of your organization, which is extremely large, um, what were some of the things that you did that uh, to adapt to COVID and adapt to that situation as a strategist that stand out for you? That's a great question. And I think one of the things that you have to understand is how early our journey began. So Providence treated the very first COVID-19 patient of any place in the country. And so our journey dates back to January. Um, and I still recall being in this offsite meeting when the messages began to roll through that we had our first COVID-19 positive patient who was being admitted to one of our hospitals um, up in Everett, Washington. What I didn't fully appreciate at the time was how dramatically the year was going to change. And I think that all of us can now look back in hindsight and realize this was not the year that we thought it was going to be. We all had different plans for 2020. Um, as much as we talk about having 2020 vision and there were probably all sorts of you know, creative conference slogans and things that were going to come from that, um, this is one where we did not have perfect vision on what the year was going to hold for us. And so as a strategy leader within Providence, one of the largest health systems in the country, um, there were a couple things that I saw as really important or kind of lessons learned as I now um, take some time to reflect on what this journey has been over the last nine months or so. Um, one was that, you know, clearly in the early days, there was a lot that we still didn't know about COVID-19. There was a heavy focus on just day-to-day -day operations of standing up incident command centers, of making sure that we had enough um, personal protective equipment and supplies to support our frontline caregivers and others within our facilities. Huge dialogue around the importance of our supply chain. Um, huge dialogue around what our clinicians were going to need as we learned more about testing and testing supplies and speed of results. Um, and so there was a lot from an operations perspective that had to take center stage. And what I saw as a strategy leader was that kind of quickly on the tails of that came the questions of, so does this mean that we perhaps need to overhaul our strategic plan? Is it still relevant for us? Is it the right fit for us? And one of the things that I found important was reminding folks that um, we can't lose sight of the bigger picture of where we are going, um, both in our organization and in the broader healthcare industry. Um, and certainly as we were making some of those day-to-day -day operational decisions, we also had to do that in the context of the bigger picture. So across the country, I know that many folks have talked about the importance of 
um, accelerating their digital and telehealth and virtual strategies. That became a key component of the COVID-19 dialogue. And that was certainly true for us as well. Um, but the important fact was that that was still embedded in the context of our strategic plan. You know, having a greater digital strategy and presence was always something that was on the list for us. And we had been making progress in that space. And the progress that we had made was actually um, tools and things that we relied on during the early days of the pandemic and now have continued to build on. So as much as folks have sometimes signaled, gosh, you know, do we need to throw up our hands and say, you know, 2020 was not the year that we thought it was going to be, um, you know, get rid of the plan. I would advise that this is now the time where we have to hold to that plan more than ever, that we need to make sure that we are grounding our teams, our leaders in what that bigger vision is that amidst all of the chaos and change and uncertainty that we've experienced, that long-term bigger picture is something that can really ground us. It gives us the context for decisions that we're making now. Did you find that, that making that uh, uh, argument uh, was difficult? I mean, it, I, I get the feeling, you know, in the midst of the COVID pandemic, it was just, how do I keep my head above water? let alone how do I keep my eye on the horizon? I mean, did you find that you were just, you know, having to, you know, really, really convince people to, hey, like, we can't let, we can't forget the plan that we had put together because it's still valid? Yeah. Yes and no, Colin. So, so certainly there were days that we all had where our hair was on fire and we were responding to whatever the next biggest to-do item was on our list. You know, whatever email was marked most urgent, that was what we were focused on, right? Because there was the need to, to get through the moment, to make sure that we were doing whatever we could to remain flexible, nimble, agile in supporting um, what we were seeing within our organization and what the day was going to bring. I don't know that it was necessarily as hard of a sell um, to have people embrace the importance of still keeping our eye on the overall vision and strategy. What I found in conversations with a number of leaders is that it was actually a calming presence mm. to realize, you know, yes, amidst, again, all of this chaos and uncertainty, things that I don't know how to answer, I can still see the bigger picture. And that's going to help ground me. It's going to help ground our teams. Um, you know, there were some points within Providence, like middle of the year, where we took inventory of all of the key metrics that we track. So like any strategic plan that most organizations would have, you know, we have our strategic plan with its strategies and tactics. Now, granted, some of those tactical details, those, you know, morphed a little bit this year. But then we also have the metric side of what are those core measures that we're holding ourselves accountable to that tell us that we're making progress on our plan. One of the things that we did around June, July was to do a complete inventory on those metrics where we asked our metric owners, as you assess your metrics, given your expertise and how closely you're working with this data and understanding what we're doing as an organization, first and foremost, to what degree do you believe that COVID has impacted your metric, good or bad? Because there were right. some metrics that were actually helped 
by COVID-19, right? Some of our digital metrics that we had actually got a, a helping hand because we were seeing more volumes in that space. Sure. There were some other metrics, you know, financial metrics and whatnot, little different story for us. So we did that inventory of what has been the impact of COVID-19 on your metric? What's your achievement confidence level as you look longer term of coming out of this? To what degree do you have confidence that we can hit the year-end targets that we set for ourselves? What's influencing your metric right now? What do I need to understand about your metric performance, essentially in layman's terms? And then I think most importantly, um, you know, what is it that we need to do as action items or follow-up steps to keep momentum going behind this particular measure? Um, and then I guess the final element was, do you think that we need to change the targets that we have? And there was a very robust conversation that took place. You know, certainly some folks initially said, yeah, you know, we're, there's no way that we're going to hit the metric targets that we have. You know, mathematically, even at mid-year, we can see we are not on a trajectory to end where we had anticipated, and for very right. good reasons. But at the end of the day, as an executive team, a decision was made, we're not going to change the metrics and targets that we have. We recognize that some of these are off base. We get that. But we could spend a lot of time right now recasting metrics and targets, or instead we can focus on how do we drive improvement in this space and how do we continue to plan for 2021 and beyond? Hmm. That that is a better use of our time. You know, not that we're going to put up a bunch of excuses about why or why not um, our metric performance is the way that it is this year, but how do we continue to improve and how do we look longer term? Um, and now the conversation that we have as we're entering the fourth quarter is again, taking inventory. So how are we now feeling on those metrics? What's our achievement confidence level today? And I think perhaps more importantly, what's the story that we want to be able to tell to other stakeholders? Recognizing that the metric performance alone, simply a number on a slide or in a dashboard isn't going to tell the full story. It's certainly not going to highlight the, you know, the vast number of achievements that we've had this year where we have had to move in some different directions and we've learned a lot of lessons from them. I mean, it sounds like you really didn't have to, as an organization, uh, you didn't go back to the drawing board and adjust your strategy. You stayed relatively on course and maybe adjusted some smaller tactics, you know, change things yeah. up, move things forward. Um, I got to be honest, that does sound a little bit atypical for, for most organizations going through COVID. Yeah. To what do you attribute the fact that you were able to do this? Is it was it mm -hmm. your force of will? <laughs> was it was it just that you have a really great uh, executive team and culture? What what were why were you able to do that? I think part of it is that our strategic plan is appropriately nimble. And so the summary for our strategic plan boils down to three key areas of strategic focus and then a little over a dozen key goals that nest under those areas. Gotcha. Those are already fairly broad statements. 
um, they definitely are intended to put a stake in the ground around where we're intending to go from um, a perspective of our caregivers and workforce, of ensuring that we are strong from a financial position and looking at ways to diversify our revenue, that we are thinking about our ambulatory care of mental health and wellness, a lot of core topics that regardless of the, the challenges that we may face in a given year, still relevant. And so that part of the plan really didn't have to change. What did mm. happen is that some of those um, became greater areas of focus or priority for us. So not all strategies and goals are created equal, right? And so there's by default some that are always going to bubble to the top of the list. I think that what we've seen throughout 2020 was that there was a reshuffling of some of those priorities. Some things that, yes, had been on the list, but maybe weren't the leading things on the list moved up, and some others took a, a little further step back. And then likewise, when we got into the tactical part of the plan, that that's where we saw some of the changes. That's where we really had to be nimble in recognizing it's not going to be the, the plan that we outlined for this year. We're still going to move forward in support of the strategic goals that we outlined, but how we get there may look a bit differently. And that's one of those where you don't want to ever cling so tightly to your strategic plan that you miss the off-ramp that is going to take you to a better destination. You have to be constantly surveying that landscape to say, what are those new inputs that I need to be taking in to understand what's happening internally and externally, and then let's flex to that. At the same time, let's not be so loosey-goosey that anything that sounds like um, you know, a new shiny object or, or something that's captivating ends up stealing the spotlight from something that really is core. I really like that analogy you used about, you know, continuously scanning the horizon and making sure that you know, there isn't a better off-ramp to take to get you to your destination. And I guess along that line, let me ask you this question around, you know, has the pandemic and your experience through it taught you anything uh, about the role you have in terms of a strat the strategist role? Has it, has it kind of opened your eyes to something that you now realize, oh, that's something I you should be doing? Great question. I think what it has highlighted for me um, front and center is the strength of the organization and the expertise that exists throughout all of Providence. Um, and sometimes we take that for granted, what is simply in our backyard, within the four walls of our organization. And I think that COVID um, has highlighted for us the importance of coming together, that this is a strong group, that when you pool that collective expertise, those differences of perspective and skills that we all bring, what you end up coming out with is something that is a far superior solution than you would have come up with on your own. And so I think that um, 2020 has given us a time to solidify some of those relationships of forging new partnerships that perhaps we hadn't necessarily thought of bridging the divide between certain parts of the organization. And now we're understanding more and more what each group brings and how we can leverage that. I think we're also finding in some cases 
that we can move a lot faster and be more nimble than what we thought because we've had to, right? right. We, we haven't been left with a choice in some situations. We needed to move forward. We couldn't spend a lot of time going through lots of scenarios and, and you know, analyzing things to death. Instead, we needed to be able to move forward and make the best decisions that we could with the information that we had available. And I think that that has helped us to also understand some of our risk levels. Um, what's the comfort that we have in the degree of risk that we're willing to take? Um, perhaps it has reminded us that we don't necessarily need to be, um, I don't want to say like as thorough in our assessment sometimes of strategies and options, but I think as strategists, we run this risk of always wanting to, you know, look at things from 50 different angles. And even once we do that, we find 50 new ones that also look interesting. And we think, oh, I need to ask those questions too. Um, and I think that we've seen the value of you have to balance um, the strategy, the agility, the importance of moving forward so that you are addressing the needs of the community, that you can't wait on that. So, so I'm hoping that some of that remains a sticky solution that we will carry out at this time. I have to ask you this as a, as a healthcare leader, as an executive in the organization, what have you done to help your teams de-stress and, and kind of power the way through this? Because it has been a crazy, crazy uh, intense year on many fronts. And you know, we've heard a lot of stories around people just getting burnt out and productivity dropping. What have you done to kind of keep your team motivated through all of this? Mm. And that was certainly one of my big priorities from day one. Um, you know, as much as we have talked about like the organizational strategic plan and metrics that core work that we have, um, first and foremost was the concern for the employees on my team um, mm. of recognizing that there's the day-to-day -day work that we do. There's also the fact that each person needs to be viewed as a whole person that brings with them the pressures of what they have occurring outside of the office. Um, right. Whether they're parents and they're trying to figure out how best to juggle um, the work life and now being a, a you know a teacher at home right. or or juggling the fact that they and their spouse are now in the same house trying to work virtually like there's just a lot of things that are challenging um, and so there are a couple things that I did with my team early on um, and it really started with listening to what they needed and so we immediately increased the number of team huddles that we have on a weekly basis so that we were simply connecting with one another more frequently. Um, and some of those huddles, to be honest, are more about connecting on a personal level. You know, we'll talk through the work priorities in some of our other meetings, but some of it's just about checking in with one another to say, how are you really doing? Mm. Are there things that you need? Um, you know, are there positive things happening in your life that you want to share with the rest of us? You know, how do we come around one another? Because I view my team as an extension of my own family and I'm going to treat them that way. And so I want to know, you know, what has them stressed and concerned? What's weighing on their minds? Because if we don't address our caregiver and employee needs first, we can't hope to ever address the other things that are on our strategic plan, right? 
it's with intention that within Providence, our strategic plan, start, the very first strategic goal that's on the plan is around our caregivers. Um, and that's the term that we use for all employees, not just those that are in frontline care, but it starts with our people. And it's only when we have addressed that component that we can hope to build and go from there. So, so it was a lot of team huddles. It was a lot of, um, you know, thinking creatively about other ways of infusing energy into the team. Um, so we do, you know, virtual team building or social activities now. We've gotten more creative on that. Um, we set up a Slack site where we could um, celebrate our achievements. So always taking time to pause and look at what's going well. What are those victories that we've had? Let's not lose sight of that as we are turning through the next thing on our to-do list. Um, we shared photos. We had a special section that was also about COVID prayers and positive thoughts so that as we were getting messages in from colleagues both in and outside of the organization, that we were sharing with those with one another to say, look, you know, these are things that are top of mind. There's a lot of people that are caring for us. Likewise, we're caring for them. Um, and seeing this as, you know, this really is a big family that we need to look at. It is amazing how much you can achieve by just asking someone how they're doing and then really, truly listening and responding yes. to, the, to it rather than just sort of uh, the perfunctory how's it going and then you're kind of moving on to something else so yeah. uh, that, that's great to hear that you're you guys are spending the time to, mm -hmm. to do that well and as an organization so even though there was a lot that we did within our individual teams there was a lot that as an organization we were also doing recognizing that this was a time um, of different kinds of stresses um, for our caregivers and physicians um, and so Providence stood up a number of resources. There was this online stressometer where you could log in and, and rate um, your stress level. And then based on the level that you were reporting, it would connect you in with resources that they thought might be helpful. Um, and we've kept things like that front and center. And I know that as we look to wrap up 2020 and look towards 2021, that this is definitely an area of increased focus of how do we ensure that we're continuing to care for the the health of our employees and their families um you know mentally emotionally spiritually financially again that whole person view um because in order for our caregivers to bring the best versions of themselves to work every day we need to ensure that they are whole um, and I think that having that as a priority has been really key. Wow, amazing. And, and thank you so much for sharing all this wonderful information with us today, Lisa. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I am amazed at, and, uh, at that you have been able to keep the organization on the straight and narrow in terms of the strategic plan. I think it's, a, it's an inspirational story. And then also all the things you're doing for your staff. It's just, it's just awesome. Thank you. Well, every day we're learning something new. So not every day is perfect, but we're certainly trying really hard. So I take a lot of faith in that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa. And we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much. This has been Colin Hung here at Healthcare IT Today. Thank you for listening.